plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and we're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. The uh, excitement for today, it's going to be all around women and women's health. This month actually is a uh, is a month for women, so Heather Brittany will be joining me in segment two. And we're really going to focus on um, many things that revolve around women. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. We will be doing a big fair coming up in May, and we're looking for sponsors. So visit org. And again, we do want to give a shout-out to Morgan James Publishing for the help that they gave us in Operation Disaster Relief, and we will be continuing that program so that we're ready for the next disaster. Be the star you are. org, and in um, in the flavor of being women, <laughs> the quote is from Mae West, and what she says is, "Too much of a good thing is wonderful." <laughs> she must have been quite a character, that Mae West, I will tell you that. Well, uh, what's going to be happening when Heather joins us, if you had seen the uh, the documentary that won the best, uh, uh, best picture, best documentary this year, called Period, End of Sentence, we will be talking about that. And the um, producer in her acceptance speech, Rika, said, I can't believe a film about menstruation just won an Oscar. And so she was fighting for menstrual equity, the fight to ensure that people who get their periods have access to products and support they need. And it's a hard fight. So that's why we bring on reproductive health specialist, um, Heather Brittany. And we will be tackling this very um, touchy subject. A period should end a sentence, not a girl's education. And we'll talk about what's been happening in India and other places. So that will be quite interesting. So now traveling alone can be rewarding and enriching experience. And even though most popular destinations are really safe, it probably is really wise to take precautions no matter where you are. And it's not all about getting your wallet nabbed because there are dangers and challenges out there, but they can be avoided by following a few kind of simple things. So if you like to travel alone, and especially if you are a woman, it's really great to you know broaden your horizons and test your independence. And what uh, is happening today is more and more people are traveling alone, and especially women are traveling alone. 
So here are some tips that I have gathered if you are that um, that lone adventurer that's going to be a globe trotting and you want to enjoy yourself and feel safe, whether it's for business or for pleasure. There's a lot that you can do out there. So the first thing is to learn about your destination ahead of time. It probably goes without saying, but that's a good place to start. Read the travel blogs, read review sites like TripAdvisor, uh, and find out the places that you're going to be visiting. And then put addresses and phone numbers of hotels you're going to be staying in at, uh, put them in your phone, or when you're going to print out something, highlight these details on your travel documents, and then leave a copy of your travel documents with a friend or a relative back home. Now, when you are um, learning about all of this, you also want to make sure that all your documents, passports are going to be safe. So you want to take pictures of them and then you could put them in a locked site like Dropbox or in the cloud that you can access from your computer or from your phone while traveling. Another good idea is to leave a copy of your passport, just like you'd leave an itinerary, with your family member or a friend, and then you want to arrange to check in every few days. You can do that by, you know, have a, have a schedule. You can check in by Skype or WhatsApp uh, so that it can be still free. And again, make sure that you print out your itinerary and have it with you as well as have it on your device and in the cloud because you never know when one of your devices may be lost stolen or you have a dead battery and then you can't access any of this so have a printed print out copy of everything it's a good idea to spring for an emergency international phone plan or at least buy and pack a couple of international phone cards with you just in case you need to use them Always buy travel insurance uh, you know it's pretty much inexpensive. Uh, to have your, you know, to kind of keeps your back. I've used World Nomads, and uh, if you keep all your receipts and your notes, you know, they have all kinds of insurance, whether it's trip delay. And there are other companies, of course, out there, but I found them to be the least expensive, or flight cancellations, as well as medical and dental. And you probably want to check emergency evacuation insurance. That's another good one. Schedule that regular check-in time, as I said, uh, with your Pearson back home on Skype or WhatsApp, because it's a safety precaution. And of course, you always have an excuse to talk about your adventures if, um, w- when you can check in with them. Register with the U.S. Department of State. If something happens in the country you're going to be in or at home, they'll let you know immediately. That website is https forward slash step dot state dot gov forward slash step. And then you can also download their smart traveler or you can just um, search for U.S. Department of State. And I always I travel a lot, as you know, and I always just register so um, they know where I am and I know who I can turn to. There's also another place that you can register with, the International Association for Medical Assistance to Travelers, I-A-M-A-T. They help you locate a nearby medical clinic and that will have approved doctors where they will speak English. And if if you're an English speaker, that could be helpful. Now, packing light is actually a really good safety tip because 
Nothing says rob me like somebody wheeling three or four large bags from the side of the street. And, of course, you'll be more mobile with a smaller bag or a backpack in case you have to move quickly. Have hard copies of your itinerary and your important phone numbers with you at all times. And that also includes the number and location of your hotels, your rental companies, anybody you're going to meet, emergency contacts. And what you may forget, but please include it, is the closest U.S. embassy. Don't keep all your money in one place. You might want to keep some cash and a card on your person and then maybe a little bit in your bag and some in a lockbox or, you know, the safe at the hotel. Or if you want to have some cash, you might want to store it in something where you think nobody's going to look, not just in the zipper pocket, but, you know, um, maybe in your underwear or, <laughs> or something like that. Make sure to bring an external phone charger and bring a flashlight. If your phone goes dead, you don't have a flashlight. If possible, dress like a local. Now, if you've never been to the country, you probably don't know what the locals actually dress like. But at least, um, you know, don't dress too flamboyantly or try to, you know, you probably don't want to have American flags all over you. Uh, Ask if your hotel or the hostel or wherever you're saving staying has locks and lockers and safes and if they don't you may want to bring especially if you're going to be in a hostel and not in your own hotel room you may want to bring like a bike style lock so that you when you go out you can lock your suitcase to a bed or whatever just so it just doesn't disappear Uh, although this may sound kind of weird especially since we all might be over the selfie sticks It is a good idea to probably bring one if you're traveling alone because there are going to be times that you're not going to want to hand your camera or your phone to someone that you don't know to snap a picture for you and that selfie stick might become your best friend. A good idea is to keep two hotel keys with you. Put one in your bag and one in your person. Uh, You know, so one in your handbag and then maybe like one tucked into a pocket. Or if you're a woman, tuck it into your bra. Or I always like when if I'm traveling on my own, especially for business, uh, to wear a... um, just a small kind of holder that over my neck that I can tuck into my blouse. And that's where I'll keep some money, a credit card, and anything important because nobody's going to be able to get to it unless they actually put their hand down my blouse. And they better not do that because <laughs> they're going to get slugged if they do that. Um, and I will keep a, a room key there as well. If you order room service or you order anything from the hotel, don't identify that you were by yourself. You know, it's always better to say that, you know, my friend's going to be right back because, again, you don't really want to identify that you're by yourself. And if you go out, leave the do not disturb sign on your door and leave the TV on when you're outside of the room just so that it sounds or it looks like people are in the room. Another tip is just to be, being a female, befriend some female hotel or hostel employees because they may know the good tips about getting around the area, where to go, where not to go, what to see, you know, what to stay away from. So that's always a good idea. And by the way, make sure to write down the address of your hotel 
uh, or wherever it is that you're staying in case you have to take a taxi or an Uber or a Lyft or whatever kind of thing. Uh, this is a good tip no matter where you are to write it down because very often, especially if you're in a different country, the taxi driver may not speak English, you may not speak the language, and if you've already been to the place, you could take a picture of the outside or always grab their business card and you can show that to the driver so to make sure to go to the right place. And in that same light, when you're in a car or you're walking home, it's uh, it probably a good idea to make a real or just maybe a fake phone call and, you know, get on your phone when somebody's driving you and say, yep, I'm almost there. I'll be there, you know, in 15 minutes, just so that that driver thinks that you really are meeting someone at your destination, even if you're not meeting anybody at your destination. These are all tips just to keep you really safe. And then track your um, track where it is that you're going on uh, Google Maps because you want to make sure that you're going in the right direction and that you are that you are not off track. That's that is not something that you want to do. So um, that's a I think a really important tip. If you stop to buy tickets or to get anything, you know, buy a snack or get a drink or whatever, and your attention's away. Uh, if if you always keep your bags with you, like if it's just a handbag and you have you're at a counter, you know, buying something, put the bag either between you and the counter person or between your legs. Don't put it on the ground when you're paying for something. Or if you have a one of the sling bags, those are good that goes across your body, the across body bags. Uh, by uh, you just don't want your bag to get swiped and by putting it on the ground you're kind of asking for it or putting it on a counter next to you so make sure that it's like right in front of you if at all possible if you're arriving late at night somewhere arrange for a private transfer from the airport if it's in your budget I mean this can make you get your bearings easier and also it's usually a safer bet especially if you can arrange it from the place where you're staying you ask the hotel to help you make those arrangements if you're renting a car either get the GPS on your phone or pay for GPS because you don't want to be looking at a map or you don't even really want to be looking at a phone if you're in an unfamiliar place. It could be dangerous and, of course, it's time-consuming. So if you're driving, always keep your tank at least at half full and that will you don't want to run on low, it, especially you could end up in a sketchy area or you could end up in a place where there is no... Um, no gas at all. Now, be aware of your surroundings. Don't spend all your time looking at your phone. If you are listening to music, don't wear both headphones. Just put one in your ear. That way you can stay alert. Uh, you can also just wear your headphones with no music if you want to make an excuse for not listening to somebody who's trying to have an unwanted conversation with you or if you're trying to eavesdrop on anything that you think might be going on that makes you feel a little bit unsafe. And, you know, if you need to, if you're unsure of where you are, don't just open the map on the street. Uh, step into a shop or a cafe and spend some uh, time looking at it over there or ask for help there. Um, 
oh, if you've called for rideshare vehicles, you know, Uber, Lyft, whatever, make sure you get into the right one. Ask for the license plate, the vehicle description. Um, it's crazy. I've gotten into the wrong one and realized it was the wrong one, but fortunately nothing happened. So that can happen to you. If you're going to the bathroom or doesn't matter if you're on a bus or a train or a plane or whatever, always take your bag with you. And if you're on a train, go to a train that has other people on it and especially go close to the front, close to other women. And if at all possible, don't take sleeper cars and don't sleep on trains or take night trains. And you want to probably build a financial cushion into your budget so that you can take cabs whenever you're feeling a little bit unsafe. And, you know, just remember it's okay to turn down help with your bags or an invitation to dinner or a shot of vodka from some guy, you know, named Carlos <laughs> um, or Boris. So don't be afraid to be rude if it means being safe. Just trust your instincts about when to accept help. Sometimes a, uh, a, a male is a good way to feel safe, and sometimes there are plenty of strangers who are willing to help and will be great, but just don't hesitate to journey on your own. It's an exciting experience. It's going to open your world, but you want to be smart about it to ensure your safety. And then have a wonderful time and create some travel memories that you'll share for years to come. When we come back from break, Heather Brittany will be with me, and we are going to be talking about the sacred mission, women's health, and the right to enter any place, even when you're on your period. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and this is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. 
Now, back to the power party. This business of show business Well, this is going to be a power party, period. With me is Heather Brittany. As you all know, she is a reproductive health assistant at Planned Parenthood, formerly, and she majored in women's studies, and she's a, just a huge, huge proponent of everything that has to do with women's rights. And so this was the perfect opportunity to bring her on the show to talk about the film, period, end of sentence, that just won the Academy Award for Best Documentary. And it was um, produced by two young women in their 20s who I loved it at the Oscar when she said, I can't believe a film about menstruation just won an Oscar. (laughs) I thought that was really, that just like blew me away because it was so important. So uh, we're going to talk about that right now, and then I'm also going to share with you something you might have read in Time Magazine called Sacred Mission, how uh, women, two women were are just kind of fleeing for their lives because they entered a, a shrine in South India, and they are of menstruating age, and it's not allowed. So let's talk about menstrual equity, the fight to ensure that people who get their periods have access to the products and support they need. Heather, it is a hard fight, that's for sure. So what it tells Yeah, talk- so, you know, it is pretty amazing in this day and age that um, this little film, and it is only a 26-minute film, uh, so anyone can go and get it right now on Netflix. Um, and it just kind of touches. And it's really so good. It's really enlightening. I'm sorry? I said it's really anyway, good. It's very so, so one thing, you know, it kind of brings forward is um, I, I think, you know, without, throughout uh, internationally with different cultures, this whole view of the period, menstruation, and at the core of it, of like, that is the start of life of everything, of anyone, whether they are a human that can physically do it, they know someone who physically, or no matter what, every human has come from another human that does menstruate. That is a fact. That is a scientific fact. So there is this whole kind of... I know, it's, it's very weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's very weird it's, that it's, you would exactly. think that. It's called science. So, um, you know, I think throughout uh, American society, you know, really this move forward, um, I think it was each generation as we just sort of socially and culturally uh, evolve of uh, this topic of, I feel, more than ever, you know, thing, people are talking about this and things are becoming less taboo. Um, I know by the time I was in high school, the way, uh, you know, sex education and those kinds of classes were taught were so much different than when I was in middle school. And, of course, too, there's always, uh, you need to have age-appropriate but still educational information out there, and more and more it's getting integrated. Um, I say that as someone who is no longer in these classes, um, but I see that just as a movement forward of, you know, what we call our millennials or our youth of now that are, you know, these all using social media um, or uh, creating projects or non-project things in positive ways, and many things such as the PAD project, which this movie was about, that these younger girls have started, and, and what this is saying is not only is it spreading education, um, because I feel, you know, within America, education of it might be um, something that that we're uh, doing a better job about, but something that we fail to think about is, uh, just as you mentioned, that this luxury of receiving it, this social 
economic thing that many people don't have um, access to sanitary napkins or tampons or uh, feminine hygienics, whatever you want to call it, um, due to financial reasons. And because of that, oftentimes uh, people will seek out very unsanitary ways of uh, taking care of these monthly situations. Um, or in other ways, they will, as this movie touched on, as we think of third world places, but it happens here in America too, is that girls will choose to miss school. And this, a lot of times, you know, this can be young girls that are in uh, shelters. This could be homeless. This could be kids that are, you know, in protective services. Or sometimes these are just low income. There's, you know, there's still a poverty situation within our own society. And that's going beyond just the mentions of uh, shame that uh, for, you know, that girls have felt about asking or discussing that. And I think more and more we're, you know, trying to take away that, you know, there's any form of shame with it, but also it shouldn't be something um, that uh, people don't have access to due to financial reasons. And one thing now with uh, uh, EBT, I believe it's called, um, that uh, when people are getting food stamps especially, that they can't use that towards that. And, um, but it's interesting, other products, again. So um, something, too, you know, um, I know uh, there's that the, uh, the period tax, or excuse me, the tampon tax that I believe 40 states had. I think it we still exists, which is 17 states. California still has it. Um, if you don't know what it is, it's considered a luxury tax. So things are taxed on it. And as every woman knows, I didn't even know that there was a tax in California. And that is certainly not a luxury. <laughs> yeah, and you know, there's you know many things. Actually, something really fascinating just today. Um, of, it's what a coincidence that we're doing it uh, in Denver. Uh, they are voting on it today, so we find out if it passes or not. Um, to you know, it, it sounds so silly as this archaic thing, but to remove this uh, this tax, this period tax, and there's actually a nonprofit um, that got started only three months ago in uh, Denver, and it's already just, like, sold, you know, sold out in the sense that they're running out of kits. They need, you know, more funding for it. It's just called period kits. Um, and it, then essentially what it's doing is giving out these um, these 90-day, you know, so a, a few three-month supply uh, for homeless women or for low income. And I assume that we fail to think about that, that um, it isn't a luxury. It, it should be something available to everyone. This, this is a biological, scientific thing uh, that happens. And, you know, and it's interesting how in, in, uh, in some societies, it can be celebrated or ashamed upon of what you're mentioning. That, well, you know, uh, I wanted to, when you say that about shame, I thought this was quite interesting. Uh, when this film was put up for, uh, for the Academy Award, um, an Academy voter said, and this was written in an article for The Hollywood Reporter, they put, uh, oh, period, end of sentence. Well, it's well done. But it's about women getting their period. And I don't think any man is going to vote for this film because it's just icky for men, quote, unquote. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, really, uh, that's, isn't, it's very interesting that that is still the thought here. And, you know, in years past, 
there was the um, the book the red tent and as you're saying is is um, women in many countries and still to this day and I'll share some of that info in a minute are separated when it is that time of their month because they're considered impure and unclean. It's um, in the the freaking Bible that it, there is a. A quote, I was watching another documentary today. I was watching a lot. I, wow, there is so much, so much uh, hoopla right now about the period. And uh, that in the Bible, there's things saying that when, uh, it, I think it's just along the lines of when discharge or blood comes of a woman, she is seen unpure and unclean um, and must be like, and something about like it is unallowed to touch holy object or or should be, you know, removed from there. And well, essentially what you're seeing of how the red tents are, it's, these are things that society has has put in and that people have read, have read this, so that's what they've been told and thought. And now even more and more that, you know, it's getting talked about, it's fascinating that many of the older generations um, that had this view, you know, it's still very, oh, my goodness, you know, they, and they, they didn't talk to their children about it. And, you know, they, they are the ones that, in a way, of, because they were oppressed, oppressed their own children until, you know, so we're moving forward that every decade we should be evolving. And I think something that's really fascinating and really fantastic, in a way, is now this sort of this change in um, men's view is that as said before that it is you know it was this ew gross but starting now younger and just talking about it and that also we've seen in society that there are more stay at home dads there are more and dads have Which daughters is such a good and thing. so there are life things that happen or you know single fathers. And so these are these new challenges and acceptances uh, that are becoming normalized. And oftentimes, you know, it's these uh, new ways forward that has brought many of these um, nonprofit or these companies that are doing good uh, that, you know, men, uh, surprisingly, some of having uh, wives or daughters and seeing that, wow, I had no idea. This empathy, this, you know, leaning in, reaching across the aisle in a sense. So um, it's also heartbreaking in a sense to, to know that the leading cause for girls dropping out of school internationally, and of course a big thing is coming, you know, India, Africa, is because of periods, is because women don't have access to it. They, one, lacking either in the education, and that's being, you know, passed on, uh, these taboo, uh, soft, you know, these, this uh, lack of information from their, their uh, parents, and as well as financially, and not having access to it. And I think a great thing this documentary is showing that not only are they spreading information, they are giving people, uh, act, giving young women access to it, but it's also creating jobs and it's creating income for women. And that's something, too, you know, that women um, in many developing countries don't have, you know, that, you know, it's celebrated, you know, and sometimes having a period, but other times it is feared to think that now your family sees you as, a viable thing in the sense that, that you are now seen as someone who can be a mother and who can be a wife. And for many uh, women um, in other countries, and that's just a cultural thing, that well, you know, now... We should say, we should say how it is that, is that it's given employment you know, to women. Instead of them 
having choice to, they are doing to that in a sense, um, and it isn't their choice. And so, um, well, how it's given employment to women is, for example, with this pads, is that they're being taught how to make them and sell them. And it's bringing income into the family, which gives them a higher esteem in the um, in the whole, you know, in the community as well as with their spouses. So all of a sudden, women are becoming more self-sufficient, which gives them more confidence, which helps them be more confident in who they are as a woman. And, you know, they don't have to just be under the, um, I guess, what would you call it, the, the thumb, the thumb of their spouse. And, that's and I think important. what that does, too, is, is most importantly, is it's creating inspiration of, for the youth of seeing female role models within their own community. And, you know, that's, it, it sounds, um, I don't want to say silly, but it's just as, as how, you know, why in a sense that um, some of these areas are considered third world is because they are, though they are advancing, they are still, in a sense, three steps behind, you know, that things um, that we, you know, have advanced in many years ago have not, have gotten there. And, and to think, you know, how women in our, in America, that was the same, in a sense, the situation for them. And then we, you know, once birth control happened, once women started, you know, getting educations, once um, being a mother um, became a choice and something that they can do or they cannot do. And, um, again, women starting to earn their own income, creating their own sense of identity, that sense of forward and how that creates that inspiration of everyone wants to do that and, and better for everyone in society. Whenever we see things, that's how we should be moving forward. And um, I think today was fascinating when I was trying to you know, get ready for this. Looking, there is, I, I was so inspired, actually, by... You know, the sense that there's these non-products. I, you know, oftentimes, uh, uh, even with, with food, you know, food banks, are, and we think about, you know, the essentials that we need shelter, we need clothing, uh, and we need food, you know, the basics of that, you know, that, and, uh, and a proper hygiene, of course. And oftentimes, um, you, we fail to think about women. These, this is something, um, and not to say, you know, some women, it, it starts, it stops, whatever it may be, um, but that this is a financial cost and that it should be accessible to everyone. And I was really surprised when I was finding out because um, it was actually on the news today talking about this, um, this period tax. I remember uh, Planned Parenthood, we had, you know, been, uh, years ago, I uh, had had these, you know, kind of rallies for it. And it was interesting that uh, at a particular level it had gotten passed, but that it had actually gotten vetoed in the end um, because they saw it as being much, um, uh, such a loss of revenue of uh, this small tax. And now I am quite curious, and I'm wondering now, as same as Denver, if this is what's motivating it through, um, that at first thing it talks about, you know, increasing attacks on alcohol, but of course, you know, that, that didn't go through. But I think something that uh, is kind of revolutionary now is that being marijuana in both of these states legal, the tax revenue that that is creating um, is bringing such a surplus that I believe that other things are being able to take a look back at and seeing it's almost 
um, juvenile that they're still being taxed on. So um, kind of full circle with uh, Mother Earth there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Well, I was I wanted to just um, share a little bit, and then we'll come back to the film. Yeah. Too, because I was just recently in India, and I mean, there were so many, and I was very close to the, I was within a few miles of the place where, uh, well, I was in the area where they actually shot this, and in some mm-hmm. of those villages, so I imagine um, I ran across uh, people who, maybe I not that were in the film necessarily, but who are experiencing the same kinds of prejudices and education, you know, or lack thereof as the people that were featured in the documentary. But I was so I was so moved by that film that it made me just as it as you were looking into other things, it made me want to do a little bit more research on it. And uh, I found this wonderful article in Time Magazine, and let's see what I'm looking at it right now. It was the January 21st issue of Time Magazine, and it was called. World Sacred Mission, and it was about the entry to a shrine in South India, how it sparked a national battle over women's rights. And I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, I I hadn't heard about it until I read about it. Well, on January 2nd, a 40-year-old law professor, her name was Bindu, and a 39-year-old government supplies officer... um, Let's see, her, these names are hard to pronounce. Kana Kadurga, <laughs> by their first name. They entered the Lord Ariapa Temple in Sabarimala in Kerala. Now, Kerala is in the south of India, and they're the first women to officially do so ever. And we see, the Supreme Court recently overturned a longstanding ban, and they, they did this in September, that prevented women... And listen to this, the ban prevented women of menstruating age, which they define as any woman aged 10 to 50, may not enter a temple. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? And it, no, I've seen the images, pictures that say, you know, outside of the temple, like uh, a woman, like during menstruation, may not enter. You you know, and it just it. blows my I, mind. Oh, yeah. it, it was so interesting because this is, to me, it was just the same kind of prejudice as saying that uh, an African-American could not use the same water fountain or sit uh, any place on a bus or go into a restaurant or, you know, whatever, whatever the discrimination is. But this, this particular, um, this particular rule, this law, it dates back before the 12th century. If you can imagine that. So this is how yeah. long it's been. Now, the particular Hindu temple that they profile in the Time magazine gets more than 5 million visitors a year. It's one of the largest annual pilgrimages in the world. But women ages 10 to 50 are not allowed to enter. So the wow. Supreme Court verdict in September overturned this law that's been going on since the 12th century and several women signed up to go to the temple but male uh, protesters were so outraged that they oh my goodness 
they stood around the temple and they threatened to beat up women. They chased them away. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, because they did not want women to enter that. And, in fact, um, so, anyway, these two women somehow got permission at 3 a.m. in the morning, but then <laughs> on their way to go there, uh, they were banned and stopped by police. So... because they were considered impure and they actually went on a like a hunger strike until the police would give them protection and they went into the temple through some back way and you know they just said being in and they took actually a selfie of themselves and they were so excited about doing it that the first women ever to do it but immediately after they left uh, the head priest shut the temple down for a purification ceremony. Can you imagine? Oh my gosh! <laughs> and then, and then, um, across Kerala, which is a—it's actually ruled by the communist government. It's interesting how India has different governments. It's not all democratic, but anyway, mobs claimed to be very devoted uh, you know they were devoted to this whole hindu rule they started damaging buses they burned effigies they threw stones they made bombs uh, and there were more than 5700 people arrested and i think one man was killed because hindus regard uh, uh, menstruation anybody uh, women as impure and temples even though there are temples that will allow women to enter, they cannot enter if they're on their period. Now, I don't know how they check it or, you know. I mean, it was, yeah. that was just, you know, what do they do? They have somebody there that takes you into a room? I mean, it just sounds, it sounds crazy to me. But wow. anyway, there was a petition um, in 2006 that was spearheaded by female lawyers so the highest court of India declared that that rule, it was called the Sabi Marala rule, violated the constitutional right to, uh, to equality, which is true. It does, right? And uh, yeah. But protesters say that these two women have defiled the temple. And so what's happened <laughs> now is they've been on the run for their life. They've had their, not only, oh have, my goodness. not only have they had death threats, but their families and uh, one of the women's husband and her children was very proud of her. Uh, very, the, uh, the, and she's actually from a lower caste um, family, and they were very proud of her. They thought, and uh, proud of the other woman too. And they just think that she's done the right thing. Whereas the other woman, who's from a very high class uh, family, her family will not speak to her. They've actually moved away because they've been threatened. I mean, can you believe this? Yeah. India, the fight for women's equality, it's existing on several fronts. In fact, in in 2012, um, a medical student, a young medical student was brutally raped and then murdered in Delhi. And then there was a massive uprising that's been focused on women's safety and, uh, you know, a public opposition to stronger rape laws. And, of course, now with the whole Me Too movement, um, it's given India people, the women in India, this, uh, I guess, motivation 
a motivation more to try to start standing up for themselves. So this is a real high-profile case that's going on. And there was actually a, a nun in, and I don't know if it if she was a Christian nun or maybe a Hindu nun, but was um, accusing a, a priest of raping her. And so now oh. women's rights activists are facing their toughest battle and it's a battle between religion as well as um, as womanhood. So, you know, I don't know. It's really terrible. Although the, these two women who were so brave, what they said is that people are always going to spit at those who are trying for social change. And um, we, we've been asked, what's the hurry to become equal? You know, why do we have to do it today? Why not tomorrow? And why do you have to do it this way? <laughs> Well, I mean, it's been since before the 12th century, so I kind of think the time might be right. <laughs> well, you know, I think same things happen with us that we have, again, like these archaic taxes. Um, they're, the thing I, I feel like within these countries, um, sorry about moving forward um, for them, is, again, kind of like with the girls behind them. I can't believe... Yeah, oh it, it blows my mind about these horrible things happening to these women. But it just as as um, we've seen with the Me Too movement, as soon as people start kind of coming forward, saying it, bringing it to light, and often, as we know, the first people to do it, you know, those are the ones that uh, have to bear the most. That mm-hmm. and it, it isn't until others start to join it, it becomes, I don't want to say normalize, it becomes sort of that movement. Of well, you have to get a movement. It, it, yeah. gains momentum. it got green attention. I think oftentimes in America, we, we fail to notice how much hasn't changed in other countries. That Again, in, within our own country, there's so many things to move forward, but we have so many more rights we've achieved um, as women within our own country. And I think as women, we need to have that bond of not only just women, but as humans, and that's what this whole movement is about, you know, about human equality. Um, but to know that within countries that not only do women have lack of hygiene, but to have not being able to have access to places of worship um, due to biological things, um, and that those that have taken that step forward... Um, I think I'm sure there's already, because this is the first I'm finding out about it, now I'm absolutely fascinated. I'm sure, you know, again, as our society works in this whole um, hashtag movement, I'm sure there has been many, you know, building momentum about support towards these girls. I'm sure there is hashtag or women stepping forward. You know, we've saw, um, oh gosh, I don't want to misquote it, but I, uh, I, I forget what country it was within the last year that women had just uh, earned the right to drive. And there was a woman that posted a... I think it was Saudi Arabia. Wasn't that Saudi Arabia? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Right, Saudi Arabia. And and she ended up in jail because... because, And there's so many... um, uh, yeah, again, my mind, my mind gets blown about these little, these little things uh, oftentimes, you know, that we take for granted. So we need to continue to build support uh, for every woman, again, because I think people, what they just feel is, is that it isn't just uh, women's rights. I mean, it's just human's rights. That it's human's things rights. We all should have access and able to do. Um, so I, I think... Uh, and the more that women 
get into positions of power or into positions of, for example, one of these women's, that one of the women who was from this low caste family actually went to school and became an attorney. And that was the whole reason she became an attorney was so that she would have some power, you know, to do something. And so I think that the more that we have women producers, women writers, you know, a woman president, whatever it is, uh, it's going to equal the playing field. And that's not to say anything negative about guys, but we can all play together. That's the thing. And, exactly. And, and, you know, and uh, not at all to get into bodies, but uh, we are actually seeing that now with moving forward with all new uh, presidential candidates and just even for state-wise um, that I believe there's, Something like 19 female constituents. There's such a bigger female voice now that's stepping forward. And I I think um, think more than ever, uh, women as well as society. And there's, you know, it it, it isn't just that they're females, that these are people with powerful, strong thoughts. That uh, it's a very inspiring, you know, I think just with with any of this negativity, I think there's always that um, positive that you find with it, that, you know, though we are so taken back about all these things going on in India, at the same time, I am so inspired about all these positive steps moving forward and that there are these organizations and that in my first day, I couldn't believe, you know, I felt very inspired, like, wow, I want to create something like this. And looking at that, wow, there are already so many other people that have created some awesome, awesome nonprofits. Um, I want to be part of all, I want to contribute to all these. And I feel like it was so fascinating to see how, uh, you know, some are going, um, you know, internationally, there's a, a company called Cora, and it started, you know, and, and I'm also so inspired by the fact that so many of these companies are, um, one, rung by, uh, started by females, and at such a young age that many of these people are, are under 30. That's um, what some, I'm inspired you know, by. Barely even 20. Um, that have really started these global, and, and I think it, you know, really is a testament of say about you know kids who not only you know have how the many things of the internet, but there is a step of moving forward of of social change. And um, there's girls started this company called Cora, and it's um, you know you buy the products via online. But one thing is that you know, that nothing is ever taxed because you can believe about that tampons and the sanitary things are taxed. And that all these products are made, um, you know, by um, organic, non-synthetic, because it is kind of frightening, just as we've discovered with our foods, how, you know, things that we've eaten for years that now, you know, you turn back on the label and you think, oh, my God, what is in this, actually? Um, products that we put on our body, you know, just more and more things are becoming without the perfumes or without all these chemicals, or we're knowing how puberty is even starting younger in girls because of the toxic levels that they're being exposed to, um, not only within waters, but within the products that are put on their bodies every single day. And that's just talking about sunscreen, lotion, deodorants. Um, you see more and more of these, you know, organic, toxic-free and it's crazy to think you have to pay a premium to have the toxics removed from your pro- from your body, and especially since 
such uh, per- since these items are going to such personal places of your body, um, you probably want less things as possible. And um, we all know about uh, the whole reason why tampons now come with the label on it about the warning of uh, uh, toxic uh, shock syndrome was because at a time when they weren't even testing products, they didn't know that, uh, I forget who the maker was, but they released this super absorbent tampon um, with the list leading thing that you could leave this in, you know, for a full day. And eventually what they discovered, you two people getting infections and death, um, was that you could not and that eventually, essentially that it was cutting off things. So um, moving forward, that this girl started this company with all these safe organic products and that also for everything that is purchased, not only do um, people not pay taxes on it, but then it is also sort of like with the whole Tom shoe movement for every shoe you purchase, you know, a shoe, uh, a pair of shoes is, is given to someone in a third world country same thing that they are able to provide um, packages uh, as well as education for girls in third world countries. And about moving forward, as again, it blows my mind that internationally as well as within our own states, that the number one reason that females miss school is because of periods, is because of lack of um, quality to that. So this movie just brought out so many things and so many moving forward. So um, it's so easy to just Google if you want to participate. Not only if you want to participate in the one of the things of do so you are a charity, but if you want to find out how you can do something even within your own community, and that could be even a really cool project. I know nowadays within high schools that you have to have a certain amount of community hours or you have to do a senior project. Um, something could be just with that. And I know... Something um, I failed to mention that though California still has this ridiculous tampon tax, um, the law, the woman that was trying to get it uh, uh, taken, gotten rid of, was able to pass something that now within schools where um, there is a higher population of children that um, are lower income, that uh, there must be access within bathrooms or uh, nurse decisions that provide. Uh, sanitary, uh, napkins, tampons, whatever it may be, at no cost. So um, that's the same thing with uh, like meal service projects that they've moved forward with making sure that that kind of accessibility is available to um, all females. Well, that's a good way to end it. So, again, if people are interested in seeing this Academy Award documentary, it is available on Netflix. It's called Period, End of Sentence. Yeah, the article I was talking about that was in Time Magazine is in the Time Magazine January 21st, 2019 edition, and uh, it is called World Sacred Mission, uh, starting on page 38. So that gives you some tips on how to get started. But in any case, I think we're getting closer and closer to more equality. And for all of us out there, we just have to realize that, you know, we are all the same. We all bleed red blood. And uh, women also have to bleed blood in order to give birth to this, uh, to the, what we 
call the human race. So thank you for being great listeners, allowing Heather and I to be here with you today and me to be here with you every other Wednesday. We hope that we bring you some interesting information and conversation so that you can continue just this discussion at your own um, at your own leisure. For more information about Star Style Productions or to book a consultation, visit CynthiaBryan.com. We encourage uh, volunteers and donations to Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this uh, radio show and express yourself. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. And we also would like you to read a book. So check out some of our books and they are available at CynthiaBryan.com forward slash books. Until next week. When we celebrate again, remember love always wins, kindness prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And this has been Star Style. We thank you. We encourage you to be the star you are. Be with you next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. Until then, be good, be great, be you. Be the star you the star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.